Hello. We did it again. Three. We did it for three. Uh, welcome back to Learning the Legends. Uh, my name is Quinn with my co-host, Dave. Hello. And uh, we did it. We're back once again. Third episode. Three weeks in a row. Nothing can hold us down except for some audio issues. Uh, but other than that, nothing can hold us down. Uh, and today we're going to talk. We're going to get right into it. We're going to finish up uh, a couple of the uh, places in Runeterra. And I, uh, we don't have the map today because the if audio works, video can't work, right? So that wasn't working. So we're uh, there should just be at least some images. Um, but there won't be a map today, unfortunately. But that doesn't stop us from getting right into it. Uh, hey, Dave, have you ever heard of the Lorax? Uh, yes, it speaks for the trees. Indeed, it does. Now, imagine an entire continent based on that concept, where they're... But, but like, imagine the continent is the Lorax. Is this the video with the, the kid and the branches? Yeah. So if anyone watches the, uh, the Legends of Runeterra, Tales of Ionia, uh, you will see that a child has uh, cut down a branch or cut down a tree, and uh, a giant uh, golem comes and tries to beat him down. Because Ionia is where we're going to start today. Uh, Ionia is a place where nature is literally alive. The entire region is, like, it's its own continent. And uh, the entire region is, like, alive. It, 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 the entire place kind of revolves around a, uh, a, like, I don't know what the term is. You don't waste things. So if you're going to cut down a tree, uh, for for wood, you 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 better replant that tree. Very eco friendly. Um, yes, yes. If you if you kill an animal, you better use all of its meat and its fur to survive. Because taking what you need to survive is fine as long as you give back. Because of this, Ionia, while the entire well, like a lot of Runeterra was uh, undergoing the uh, a lot of different wars, and uh, I believe. Like, the whole Mordekaiser stuff happened, um, and, like, that we talked about last episode, and Ionia kind of wasn't touched. There was about, like, 5,000 years of peace because of, because of this, like, nature spirit that protected the, the land from intruders. And Ionia has a bunch of characters, and we're not going to get into a lot of them today. We're going to get into a couple, uh, and we're going to go over, like, a little brief little history of these people. But Ionia has a bunch of characters that are important to a big event, which is the Noxian invasion on Ionia, which we will also talk about a little bit here. Uh, but the big kind of players we're going to talk about today in Ionia are a guy named Zed and a guy named Shen. Actually, Zed, you have somewhat of, of a familiarity with. I keep seeing that stupid sticker everywhere. Really? Yeah, you. You keep posting that sticker. The like the ninja with his like face with his hands over his mouth. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah, that's Zed. I just it's one of those <laughs> things where it's just like, oh, that's a cool reaction. I'll click on that one. I mean, there's SpongeBob sitting next to him, man. I don't know who yeah. he is. No, it's Zed. 
Well then, Zed, Zed and Shen um, were both basically ninjas that trained under under their master. I don't actually know their master's name, but they trained under uh, under their, their master, and they both became like star pupils. And eventually, in Ionia, there was something. There was something that was ravaging the land that was being called the Golden Demon. And uh, wait, wait, wait! You're telling me the Games Workshop uh, competition has been terrorizing the land of Runeterra? What the Golden Demon is that a thing? That's their painting competition. You get a statue oh. of a big golden demon. That's that's really cool. <laughs> but no, oh. um, no, the Golden Demon was—I uh, believe that's what he was called—the Golden Demon. The uh, what? It actually was was a man named Kata Jin, or that's at least what he says his name is. And I'm sorry, this Kata man, Jin? Kata Jin, ah. K-H-A-D-A-J-H-I-N, Kata Jin. And the, the two boys, because they weren't like, they weren't very much more than like, I think at the time these two kids were like 14, 15. Perfect age to become heroes. Yeah, uh, they saw a lot of death. And a lot of mutilated bodies, and they 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 are. I know that they didn't catch Jin at that point, and uh, Shen and Zed, I believe, continued looking on, looking for Jin. There's a whole comic about it. Maybe we'll go through the comic at some point. But uh, there's like a whole like I think it was like a six or seven issue comic about uh, them chasing Jin. I think it was at this point that like so they were chasing they were chasing uh, the Golden Demon. They found out it was Jin. Uh, they were not able to capture him, and they and, and Jin got away. And Zed had learned about uh, something called like the shadow techniques, and he really, really wanted to utilize these uh, because he's like, "Hey, these are really, really strong techniques. We should be using them." But they are forbidden. They're forbidden knowledge. Not okay. Bad juju. Well, then you know someone's gonna learn how to do it. Uh, it was him. <laughs> Zed, Zed was able to, I think he was able to learn the techniques. Uh, he was able to learn some of the techniques. And uh, then it was at this point that the Noxians started to invade. And so a bunch of characters from Ionia helped out in this Noxian invasion. Zed, he has left his temple and he's leading a group that uh, he calls the Order of the Shadow. And he's, uh, he's leading them to kind of fight the Noxians. And while that's going on, he realizes, hey, my men are just, like, men. It'd be pretty cool if we could, like, buff them up with the shadow techniques, too. So he then took his men from the front lines back to the temple that he was at, that, that he went to. And this part apparently has never been nothing. No one actually knows what happened inside, but Zed went inside, uh, went inside to his temple and... The only other person that apparently was in the temple was his master, his old master. Zed went into the temple, or they both went into the temple, and Zed is the only one to come out holding the black box that contains the shadow techniques, as well as a bloody blade. Well, that's never a good sign. Yeah, uh, so at, it was at that point that Shen was like, the hell, why? And... Shen got in tuned with the uh, with the spirits of nature in Ionia, 
and uh, he became a, a spirit boy, while uh, Zed became Shadow Man. We'll go over these people in detail when we actually talk about them. I'm just trying to go over them briefly about kind of what's happening. So, so is he the guy then, like the, the, the not the shadowy guy, the other one? He was the one that was the, that, that basically was like, see his eyes. Yes, okay. yes, that is Shen. Uh, and the one walking with him is Akali. Akali, Shen, Kenan, and Zed, I believe, all trained together at one point under the same master. In game, it's fun. They're, I believe, are the only four characters that use energy instead of mana. That's fun. Is that kid in anything? Or is that he's just like a random kid in the video? That that was just a Noxian kid. Ah, darn. I was hoping he'd like go on to be like an apprentice or something. No, he was just uh, someone from Noxus, some kid. But uh, what did before, like in the beginning, when, when we were talking about Aeonia, something I actually meant to mention was that uh, there was a people called the Vastaya Sheree that lived there. And they were like basically animal people. And when the humans first started occupying Ionia, there was some um, interspecies happy time that uh, happened. And now the, uh, there is a race called the Vastaya. Not the, not the Vastaya Sheree, but just the Vastayan. And those are basically like anthropomorphic people. So there are a couple, like, uh, one of them is Nami. She's from the more uh, aquatic uh, tribes of the Vestayan. And uh, she's a, like, she's just like a, a mermaid. All right. There's uh, Rengar, who's uh, from the, uh, the some of the land tribes. And he is a, uh, we call him the Bush Kitty. Because he pops out from a bush and jumps at you. Um, but he's like half cat, half person kind of thing. So a cat man. Uh, yeah, and uh, a couple others. But Zaya Rakan are the two big ones. They're uh, two uh, They're two Vestayan lovers. They're the... Uh, I think one of the only few actual canon uh, relationships. So wh in, what was the blue the... girl then? The the girl that had, that had what I'm gonna call the uh, the goat unicorn. I don't know what it is. It it looked like a goat and then it had wings. Huh? I, it, in in the Ionia video? Not the Ionia video. It, this was another one you showed me. I don't know if it's related. Oh oh um no that one I believe like she that that's the video where like she kind of runs into two people who are fighting and then runs away from that yeah it felt like a journey from lord of the rings i'm just like man this is what it's like to travel through here just to like go somewhere that must suck every time that's actually a pretty decent transition and uh we'll go talk about targon because that's where that was from ah okay well just because she she had antlers so i didn't know if she was related um or horns uh, I, I don't know that character is just kind of a, a character Aw, she's not in anything? As far as I know. Aw. League, you should make her into something. You have something there. Use it. I mean, they're never going to listen to this, but use it. <laughs> use it. I sent you a picture. That is the mountain. That is Mount Targon. And if you look at it, it looks pretty steep, doesn't it? Damn. Is that, is that clouds? Or is that the ground? That's the ground, but that's a very, very far away like picture of it. The mountain is very big. The reason it's so steep is actually, so Mount Targon is kind of a, it's like a, uh, it's a place to access, 
or not necessarily access, but it's a place where the Celestials are closest to Runeterra. Hence the big glowy line. Yes, that glowy line doesn't appear very often. So is that like like magic powers around it, or is that like an Aurora Borealis, or is it like a boat? That's it's kind of an Aurora Borealis situation. The reason Targon is so steep is actually when Runeterra was created. Uh, we talked about how it was uh, created by the World Runes. The Celestials actually pinched the ground and like basically picked it up, and that's why. Targon was literally, Mount Targon was literally pinched from the ground and raised up, which is why it's so steep. So it's kind of like their version of Mount Olympus. It's like the, where the gods are. Yeah, it's, uh, it's where you can, where you can get closest to the, to the, uh, what they're called the aspects, which is really annoying because they end up blessing people with power and those people are then called the aspect of blank. So the aspects are then creating aspects. So I like to call them, like, you could call them, like, conduits or, like, avatars or something like that. But uh, the actual, like, deities themselves are the aspects. All right. So, but Targon's really cool. Like, at the top, it's not just snow. There's actual, like, greenery and everything because of where it was pinched. Because all the land and everything, like, the formation stayed uh, the way they were. So there are lakes that are, like, traveling sideways along the mountain. Oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. It's all extremely magical but targon is throughout runeterra targon is known because uh well there are two tribes there are two main well there's one like people that live around the base of mount targon and they are the rakor and they have two big tribes there's a couple like tribes there but there's two main ones and that are the solari and the lunari and when we talk about leona and diana we'll get more into the solari and lunari Leona and Diana, by the way, in that in that cinematic, those two people that were fighting, that was Leona and Diana. Ah, okay. Um, Leona is the one with the uh, with like the golden shield, and Diana is the one with that giant curved blade. Hmm. All right. Leona is part of the Rahakor, which are a kind of elite group of guard of the Solari. Diana is is an outcast from the Solari, and she is part of the the Lunari. And the Solari believe that um, believe like that the sun is an actual like deity, and uh, the Lunari basically believe the same thing about the moon. Uh, hmm. Do do they like protect the mountain, or they just have like live at the bottom? It, they are kind of like they're the mountain's protectors, I guess you could say. More the Solari and the Lunari than the actual like just regular Rakor. Yeah, you could say that they are kind of the mountain's protectors, but the mountain itself is known because it is it is an actual trial to climb the mountain is an extremely physically and mentally demanding task not only is like the mountain gets almost impossibly steep when you get near the top because because of how it was pulled up like you literally have to climb straight vertically sometimes to get up the the reward if you actually make it to the top. And that's if you make it, because very rarely do people actually make it to the top. There are a lot of people who make the journey and don't come back. Because because it's just, it's physically, like the terrain is just physically dangerous. The If you make it to the top, you have to be deemed worthy by the aspects. So during the entire time you're climbing, 
you will be taunted and like and almost tormented mentally uh by these aspects so like say you you lost your parents or something you you might be you might be climbing and you'll hear perfectly in your head like both your parents telling you to turn back that it's not safe you need to go home it's like stuff like that like you'll just get like hit with mental images and everything so it's almost like uh like god of war when he's in hades and all the the smoke and things are making like aspects of like Zeus and all the things that he did and and he's trying to run away from. Yes, just like that. Okay. That sounds horrible. Yeah, oh yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not a good time. But you know that the worst part about it is? Oh no, what? You can make it to the top and still not be deemed worthy. So there really? are some there are some people who make it to the top and see nothing. Ooh. <laughs> which then means that must be a shitty trip back yeah i was gonna say which then means you have to make it back and uh anyone who does make it back comes back completely changed some some like to the point of unrecognition like unrecognition but if you are extremely lucky the mountain will light up and you will you will see a portal that will kind of take you into the celestial realm and you will be judged by one of the aspects and you will be uh, granted power. And the only, the reason that the aspects are so picky is because there are only usually one or two aspects around at a time or avatars of the aspect. And the reason being is they only really grant their power when they think the world needs it. That's why there's usually... So they're lazy gods. Well, they, they aren't able to interact very physically with the with the world itself so they have to they're not as like aspects and celestials are two different things so like, the celestials can kind of interact a little bit more but the uh or maybe they're not two different things and they're kind of just two different names but they don't get to interact physically as much as they would like so they have to do it through people so if the world's in trouble you'll see an aspect pop up and so this hmm? this sounds I don't mind. you know what I, I was gonna say something I don't want to get into like religious stuff but th this sounds a lot like like the Hinduism and the avatars of like Shiva and that kind of stuff. yeah is that is that kind of what they're going with um knowing nothing about that religion maybe <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I I just want to prevent this I know very little I took high school uh, world religions and not very long and that was one of the things we were kind of taught so I, it it kind of sounds like that where it's like they will they will come to earth or they will infuse somebody with their power as an avatar or representation of them yeah so i guess the better way to put it would be like when the gods possessed people on the battlefield and they took over and would like fight with them as them. yeah okay so there we go sorry if i offended anybody <laughs> the the scary thing that's happening right now in the actual like it like current times you know how I said like there's usually only one or two because like that's all the world usually needs. Oh no, is there like five oh, now? Uh, there's seven. Oh shit! And they're all playable characters. There is the aspect of the sun, which is Leona. There's the aspect of the moon, which is Diana. There are the aspects of justice, which we actually did talk about for a couple of minutes the last episode, which are Kale and Morgana. There's the aspect of the protector, which is Tarek. The aspect of the of the uh, of Twilight, which is Zoe, and then there's the aspect war which is pantheon pantheon is pretty cool he's literally just like a big spartan nice but yeah so and i think we actually might be seeing why like coming to fruition why there are so many aspects right now because 
League just dropped a cinematic where the mist, remember how we talked about the black mist from Shadow Isles? Yes. The black mist is starting to take over Demacia. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. And if you remember on the map, they are not close to each other. <laughs> no. Meaning that mist is spreading and the ruination might be happening to other places, which if that's the case, uh, yeah, we might need a little bit more power. <laughs> yeah, it might be a little, it might be time to have a few more aspects in the world. But right next to the Targon, we're going to kind of shift gears to a different, a whole different continent. This, is this the sandy one? It is Shirima. Yay. And to talk about Shirima, we're going to kind of talk about the fall of Shirima. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded so happy at first. Shirima was a very large empire that had, that they, they worshipped the sun before it was cool. <laughs> okay. Is the best way I can say it. They had this large. You see that big bright thing in the sky? Yeah, we saw it first. <laughs> they have they have this thing called the sun disk, which actually like harnesses the power of the sun and creates these things called ascendants or ascended, which are basically like god warriors. And they're at the time when we start the story, there are only two, Nasus and Renekton, which are. If you know what Anubis and Sobek look like, there you go. It's the fucking big dog and a big crocodile. Okay. I say it's been a while since I've done Egyptian. To talk about the fall, we're going to talk about Azir. Azir was the son of the emperor, but he was like the 10th son. So he didn't really have a chance in his lifetime to rule. Time to get murdering. <laughs> so... He began studying um, because he oh. didn't think he didn't he didn't think that there was any chance that he could that he was going to rule. So he began studying, wanted to be like wanted to learn as much as he could about the world. He studied with he studied a little bit with Nasus, learned a lot about combat and stuff from him. And which is having a god warrior teach you combat is usually pretty effective. So he learned pretty well. And he also had a slave boy named uh Zareth and Zareth and Azir Azir basically kind of told Zareth that you know one day like if I become emperor like you know like I I don't I don't want slaves anymore I'm we're going to we're going to get rid of the whole thing and uh, and you know slave and 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 one day you and I are going to be brothers because Zareth and Azir became really really good friends like even though that like Zareth was Azir's like slave uh Azir didn't really treat him like that uh, okay. He did. He did treat him like a brother, and this was especially true when it was one day that him and his family went out on. They were going out somewhere. They left the. Uh, they left the empire and they were leaving. They were going somewhere. I don't. I don't actually know where. They left. Got attacked by a group of assassins. Uh, after he got, uh, after the family got attacked, like all of his siblings. Like like the rest of his brothers were like murdered at that point. Uh, all of his all of his brothers got like murdered, and the emperor didn't want Azir to be his heir. Harsh. Yeah. One second. Sorry. And he he didn't want Azir to be the heir. He wanted he wanted basically anyone else. So they the queen kept trying to have a a healthy heir, and she finally. Uh, was able to have a child, and 
it is said that the night that the child was born, a large, like a large uh, lightning storm, uh, came and just started striking at um striking at the uh her chambers. Okay. Sorry, I lost my train. <laughs> it's okay. They have that happened. Yeah, the lightning started striking her chambers until both the queen and the child were murdered, um, were killed. Oh, that's awful. I thought that was just going to go in a completely different direction. And Not murder. <laughs> and the king, it said that the king, it said that the king killed himself after seeing or and hearing, the, uh, like hearing about what happened and seeing his, you know, queen's body. And then, but after those rumors started to spread, another rumor started to spread about, about there being bodies found chopped to pieces inside the king's chambers. So maybe I'm he did sorry, didn't. what? Yeah. So we don't know how that happened. Okay. Feeling a little less sorry for the king? Yeah. <laughs> no, it, sorry. It was the king's body that was chopped up. Oh. Well, that's... That's just confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so they don't know who did it? Or at least not yet? Not yet. And so with literally no one else to take the throne, Azir took it. And he did really well. He was, he was pretty good at like ruling, as well as he had the respect of his people. And one day he was like, you know what? I I need to ascend. I need to become the like one of the ascended. After he decided that, so the way that the ascensions work is the emperor doesn't actually get to decide who ascends and who doesn't. There are these people called the sun priests, and they speak for the sun, and they decide who is worthy and who is not. But he forced the sun priests to be like, "No, I'm worthy. Like you have to ascend me." And they're like, "All right, whatever." That, so that doesn't sound like it's going to work out well for him. So, throughout all this, Zareth has become very bitter and hateful. Even though Azir has always treated him well, no one else has. So, he... It's hard to explain a lot of it without going into both perspectives, because I'm only talking about from Azir's perspective. Um, when we talk about Zareth, we'll talk about how this looked from his perspective. Uh, but Azir, he was about to be ascended, and before he did, he announced to everyone... And said, and he basically filled, fulfilled his promise to Zareth. He said, slavery is over. Like, there are no more. And the reason he waited so long, he didn't do it like right when he was emperor, was because he wanted to build, because a lot of the, a lot of like the infrastructure around Trino was built on slave labor. And so he wanted to implement things to remove that so that Sharima could still run without having to use slave labor. So basically he was like, when he, grabbed the empire when he took over the empire there was uh, a lot of slaves and whatever and gradually over time he started implementing things that made it so that slaves didn't need like weren't necessary and then after that that's when he freed them all but Zareth was still kind of pissed and he but he didn't know what to do because he wasn't expecting this and he ended up before Azir right before Azir took the ascension uh, Zareth shot out a blast of magic, and it knocked Azir out of out of the ascension. And Zareth took his place, but it was not meant for Zareth. 
and so his body kind of ex like got fused with the ascension magic and kind of you know let out a giant explosion and this explosion oh. actually sunk Shirima into the sands oh so it's like a like a desert version of atlantis kind of so and if you if you watch that video the descent into the tomb i did i did that was a very interesting video actually uh you can see at the end like azir rising and like all like the, the stuff like coming back up right so at the time of that release azir had returned he had been awoken because without going into a lot of detail there was a character named Sivir who was part of azir's bloodline and she ended up bleeding in the sands where Sharima once where it once was, and that activated the whole bunch of stuff. Which then, if you've seen the video, blood uh, activated Sharima and awakening awakening Azir once more. And once Azir was awoken, he realized, "Oh, cool! I got like." He basically raised his hand, and as he raised his hand, like three or four, three or four like sand soldiers just pops up out of the out of the sand, like waiting for his command. And so, so, so he's kind of like the mummy from the mummy. Yeah, but also a bird. He's a bird okay. man. He's a bird man. <laughs> but also a bird. Um, and so is he good or evil? Yeah. Or or like you know ambiguous. He's so the the thing about there isn't besides maybe the Shadow Isles there isn't really a morally good or bad place it all kind of depends on how you look at it like a so lot like, of it's like the 40k universe there's no really good or bad guys yeah it, well, i mean it, it just depends on what you who you're following well because if you look at it from noxus's standpoint right noxus is going around liber liberating kingdoms from like tyrant kings and allowing those people to to actually have a chance to rise up and become part of the noxian empire as long as you dedicate yourself to noxus you can become anything right that's Noxus's point of view, but to other people, it's like, hey, this people, this, like, land, this empire just came and took over my home, and we couldn't do a thing about it, and now we're a part of this empire when we don't want to be. So, but it, I feel like that happened a lot in our history too. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and look how many people were on both sides. Okay, I get your point. Yeah, it's basically comes down to where does your loyalty lie and at that point that's when you can kind of start like that's why like i i really enjoy noxus i personally really really like noxus the most um with like the way it runs and everything so a lot of my viewpoints come from the viewpoint of noxus um, which is why i don't, I don't i'm not a huge fan of demacia but that's kind of what i have for the three bigger uh, regions left there are two more regions bilgewater and ishtal but the problem with those two is that their lore is kind of dependent on characters. So we're going to explore them more when we actually talk about the characters that are in there. And we'll probably do one or two characters or like, like probably two characters per thing for those. Like, like, so when we talk about Bilgewater, we'll probably do a couple episodes about some Bilgewater champions like We'll probably do one episode on both Graves and Twisted Fate because they have lore together. We'll do stuff on uh, Misfortune and Gangplank. So what you're telling me is that last video was a teaser video. Kind of. Uh, that's not cool, man. Uh, and Ishtal, Bilgewater is a pirate haven. Bilgewater is a is a place where it, it, 
if you just want to go make a living like selling shit on the black market or fishing or kind of anything you could do at an illegal port town, Bilgewater is your place to go. They don't really have laws. It's kind of fend for yourself. But they actually did a really cool thing a while ago where they had... They did like Bilgewater stories or something like that. So there's like seven different like stories on YouTube or something like that. Like they're like little audio stories about um some of the different characters from Bilgewater that like uh coming from the point of view of someone who lives in Bilgewater. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so like Fizz is um he isn't actually he's a very ancient Yordle and he's like he's a fish person. But he's a trickster. Like he torments sailors and drives them insane. That sounds a bit beyond trickster, but all right, I'm, I can I can dig it. He also has a shark, which is really weird because if you read his lore, sharks are what destroyed his kingdom or destroyed his home. So it's kind of weird that he has a shark oh, as a he's, pet. He's but... like he's like Shark Man, man. I will take the thing that you know I fear the most, and I will turn it against my enemies. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. There you go. See, he's just got Batman um... logic. <laughs> he's just traumatized. There's a, there was a fun thing that they did. They actually, they, they've done a lot of interactive stuff with Bilgewater, which I really like. Like when there's a character named Pike and his lore is really fun. He, uh, when he came out, there's a map in the game called the Howling Abyss. And when he came out, they changed it to Butcher's Bridge. And they came out with a bunch of like pirate themed weapons and uh, pirate themed items and stuff that you could uh, use on the map. And the, the map changed from like this big snowy thing. Like uh, the Howling Abyss is actually in Freljord. Oh. It's like a big frozen place. Is this big frozen thing. It's like one big long ice bridge. And then, uh, so yeah, they changed it to Butcher's Bridge. And it's a big long bridge in uh, Bilgewater. It's really cool. Neat. And Ishtal is a jungle. And it's the newest region. And we'll talk about Ishtal when we talk about Kiana because that's, like, the biggest player from there. But apparently, uh, it's said that the Targonians, um, like the Rakor and whatnot, apparently they originated from Ishtal and moved over to Targon, so that's fun. Huh. There is the Void. The Void is, I believe that's where... I think that's where the Watchers lie. And the Void... So, you know how we, like, we talked about how, like, the, the Celestials are, like, trying to preserve the world and whatever? I guess the Void is trying to do the opposite? Yeah, they try to gain knowledge by destroying things. Um, like, they consume things to gain knowledge about it. So, like, almost every almost every Void creature like has something to do with eating or, or absorbing or just straight up, like, destruction. Like, uh, Kha'Zix is um, the, supposed to be the ultimate predator. He's a uh, like a bug from the Void that just kept killing things and every time he killed something he gained a part of it that um like he basically gained its predatory instincts and advantages so now he's this giant bug with giant claws and big wings and whatever and every time he in game the way that they do it is like every time you get a level of your ultimate you can evolve one of your abilities to make it just better that's pretty cool yeah they have uh someone like chogath who's just like his whole purpose is just to eat shit He's just this big, giant, like, six-armed monstrosity that is just, it's just like an abomination that is made to eat things. Huh. Yeah. Is he just and like then, a big mouth? 
he is a large I don't really know what to kind of talk kind of like one second I can give you a picture I mean like he's definitely a lot of mouth oh god he looks like a tyranid yeah mixed, yeah, mixed with actually. the roach from men in black yeah, a Tyranid mixed with the Roach from Men in Black. That's a really good description of Shogath. That is that is terrifying. Holy shit. He has a fun skin called Gentleman Shogath. <laughs> where he's like where he's all uh like proper and everything. He's got like a little top hat and he carries like a little wine glass. Like normally his like voice lines are all like garbled and like very like rah, rah. <laughs> with the gentleman one, it's just like tally ho and stuff like that. <laughs> Or he'll like he'll like stomp the ground and launch spikes, and it's just do you demand cheese with your wine? Jeez, yeah, it's great. That is an insane looking villain. Mm -hmm. And then this is probably what our next topic is going to be next uh, week. There is also the small place of Bandal City, which is uh, where the Yordles uh, live. Yay! And uh, I want to talk about the Yordles because they are. Uh, there are Yordles that live in almost every region, but the Yordles' main home is Vandal City. It's like it's like a Smurf village. You kind of need a Yordle to get in there. Hmm. And there, there are said to be, uh, they're said to be, um, what's it called? Portals, uh, portals around the uh, the just the entire world of Runeterra that will lead you into Vandal City if uh, if a Yordle can activate it. So they they sound kind of like a like fairies almost. Yes, they are very uh, well. There's actually one of them who has who has very much encountered the Fey, um, which is Lulu, and she's insane. It sounds like, like most actually, people who who have encountered the Fey. Yeah, uh, he has a little pixie that follows her around named Pix. Now, is this a real pixie or is this just in her head? No, it's a real pixie. Oh, okay. Well, like a Tinkerbell. Yeah, but like evil. So, like a Tinkerbell. Yeah, <laughs> but that's actually it. That's all I have for today. The uh, I wanted to cover those three big regions, and the other ones, the Void doesn't really have any like actual physical descriptions about it because it's like another dimension. So when we talk about the Void, we'll probably just talk about a lot of the characters from the Void. But yeah, next week, I think we're going to do Yordles and Vandal City. Uh, we might not go over every Yordle, but we'll at least mention them and then go over the ones that I, I really, really enjoy, and I think that'll be fun. Nice. All right, definitely looking forward to Yordle. Mm-hmm. So the only other, I say, one of the other characters I know I'm looking forward to eventually is Brom. So he has to do with the little poros. Yes, uh, Brom is a Freljordian. I believe he's part of the Avarosian tribe. But yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all I got for uh, for us today. Unless you have any more questions that I might be able to answer. Uh, no. My only thing is, like I said, that that character from the video. One second, I'll get the actual name for it. Uh, uh, the Call of the Mountain. That that whatever character that is, whoever listens to this and has better ear for League, you do something with it. Her, him, it, them. Do something with that character. That's an awesome character. You can totally turn that into an awesome champion. That's that's all I have to say for so far. I'm gonna push that. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Well, they have a fun like centaur lady. Is that close enough? No, that's not a blue orange. Demon fun chick with a weird Pegasus goat thing. I don't know what these characters yeah. are. <laughs> At this point, neither do I. 
<laughs> I just watch the call of the mountain. You'll see. It, it just I don't know what the goat thing is. It just she, she finds a goat, and then it has wings, and it looks like it has a single horn. So it's either a really weird looking unicorn or it's a goat unicorn. Either way, it's really cool, and I think that's a cool character concept that they should use. So if you if you're confused uh, by what I'm saying, go watch Call of the Mountain, and then you can let me know what you think down in the comments below. See if you agree with me or if I'm just crazy. Yeah. Well, actually, so there might be there might be able to, to like do something with her, but a lot of the stuff in those cinematics you uh, are interactable in the card game. So uh... like the card game Legends of Runeterra, so you can you can play like that character might be a card that you can play. All right. Well, if that's the case, somebody let me know in the comments below so that I can check it out because I think that's an awesome character idea. Alrighty, but with that, I think I think we're good to end. I thank you everybody for uh, tuning in and watching listening please uh remember we are on youtube spotify apparently we're on google podcast so that's cool i think that's it that's all i got dave you got anything else Nah, just put us on in the background when you're doing stuff put us on for your pets put us on for the relatives put us on for the relatives you don't like who cares put us on let us uh listen to us in the background man thanks for listening yeah yeah thanks for listening and everybody have a good day have a good one